views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Thank you guys for tuning us in and turning us on. It is so great to be connecting with all of you. Um, this is, uh, for me, uh, I've been doing this 10 years, and many of you have heard me talk about our 10th year anniversary. Um, certainly, we've experienced 10 years here with this this show, this particular show. Uh, we started uh, moving into our 10th year in September and January. Um, we move into our 10th year with our Seattle station. And it's interesting how these two things came together. I'm always fascinated by it when I stop to think about this series of events. Um, I've, been, I've been interviewed a couple of times here recently, and someone said to me, did you ever think that you'd be 10 years later talking about this? Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not made up of, did I ever think I'd be doing this? Uh, I'm probably one of these people that... I live in the present time of my life. Now, what's the good news about that? Well, I guess the good news about that is that I live in the present time of my life. (laughs) What's the not so good news about that, as my friends would say? Well, if you live in the, the, the moment of your life, how do you plan for the future? And so this, is, this has been one of the debates of the ages. And the reason I'm sharing this with, with everyone today is that what I've learned, and I'm not saying I do this perfectly or I do this even well, what I've learned is that if you are in the present moment of your life and in that breath, um, there's something that gets revealed. But what is it that gets revealed? Are we willing to face all of the things in our lives that show up in the very moment? And what I love about this show today with uh, my very special guest, Francis Weller. What I love about this, uh, we're going to be talking about entering the healing ground, grief, ritual, and the soul of the world. What I love about this is if you really are in that present moment of our lives, I have a saying, and it's a saying I came up with when I was diagnosed with what a lot of people would consider a life-threatening disease back in 2004. And, you know, the nature of, of what I was told was that, you know what? You could go to bed at night and in a nanosecond, your heart would stop. And I thought to myself, wow, that's kind of an interesting thought. And, and then there becomes the journey of realizing that there's a mo- an emotion behind this. You know, what is the emotion? What is my life going to be like? What was it like? You know, what am I allowed to feel in this moment? Am I allowed to grieve for this? Am I allowed to look at my life in a different way? But it wouldn't be the first time in my life that I've experienced that kind of event. 
um, I was like many people back in 1990, 1991, uh, lost my job after 25 years. One of the first downsizing initiatives that uh, hit a major corporation in this uh, country. So have the people grieved that? How about what's happening in today's world? How are the people grieving about the state of our country? Now, what if you actually lose someone? What is it that we do in our society which allows us to feel emotion and grieve certain things, but shuts the door and closes the door on many other forms of emotions that lead to grief? Well, joining me here today, I get to chat with someone that knows a lot about it, but most importantly, you know, talks about what grief and the rituals are that have been so left out of the conversation for many, many years. Even the idea of crying, even the idea, as I once knew, of how my uh, ethnic background, the folks from from the old country, as we like to say, how they expressed themselves around grief, around sorrow. And and what happens when we don't express it? Where does that heaviness go? So today, we all get to talk with someone that's been working with emotional, creative, and spiritual life of men and women for over 30 years. He's a community builder, teacher, and a psychotherapist in Northern California. And he is the founder and director of Wisdom Bridge. The book that he's authored is Entering the Healing Ground, Grief Ritual and the Soul of the World. Francis, welcome to the show. It's certainly an honor to have you here. Thank you for joining me here today. It's a great pleasure to be with you, Pat. Thank you for having me. You know, I want to share a little story, and I hope you'll chime in on it. Okay. All right. Um, I grew up in an Italian uh, family. Right. And, and as we like to say, they just came off the boat and here we were and we were born. And um, I got to see a wide range of emotions. But I also got to see some very powerful rituals that happen in the family around grief. And then I didn't see them anymore. Oh. And, and what I mean by that is and I think you know where, what, I'm, what I'm saying, because mm-hmm. I think you've seen this all over the world. You know, I came through a family, and it really is like you see in the movies, The Godfather, and some of these other things. The women wear black. They have a ritual that they go through. Um, Everything about the house is is solemn in a certain way. At least it was in in my background. Um, There was a certain expression. Uh, at the funeral and, and what we, I don't even know if people have funerals anymore. You know, at the funerals, when someone passes away, there's a certain ritual around that. There are rituals around getting married, the family grieves, the loss of the children. But we don't do a lot of this stuff anymore. No. So I want to ask you, what the heck happened, <laughs> Francis? What happened here? That's a really, really important question. You know, the, the gradual erosion of our cultural practices as we've kind of homogenized ourselves and wrapped ourselves around a philosophy of individualism. In other words, uh, the communal aspect of life really began to dissipate. We, we use the word community all the time, but it's more rhetorical rather than actual. We don't often feel the embodied 
expression of community, which is really one of the core griefs we carry. Mm-hmm. We miss exactly what you're talking about. Some knowing that no matter what happens in my life, there will be a communal response to it. Whether I lose a child or I lose a job or I lose my home, there will be something there to help catch me, both emotionally and physically. And in the absence of that, uh, we are living in in an age of great anxiety. Mm -hmm. We feel very isolated and disconnected from that greater web of being held and included. You know, when I, in my practice, and in, in the teaching I do out in the communities, the biggest wound we suffer from right now is that doubt and that anxiety around the sense of belonging. And that, again, enters the body as a profound loss and, and a deep, deep well of sorrow that we don't even know how to address or express. The other issue we're facing too, Pat, is that we live in what I call a flatline culture. Mm-hmm. In that we have, because we've abandoned the territory of sorrow and grief, we don't go there. We simultaneously then have to compress the other emotions like joy and delight, mm-hmm. happiness. And so we're left with this very narrow band of emotion that... Um, you know, we require then stimulants and stimulation to just even feel like we're alive. So part of what I love about the grief work is that it helps open up that lower register. And then I have felt in my life and then at the grief rituals we do, I have seen more joy emerging from people than I, I think we typically see in a year. Well, one of the things that um, I, I want to talk with you about, because this is so very important, we have rules, Francis. Mm-hmm. We developed rules, and, and and I've seen them developed in my lifetime. You know, it's kind of like I can't speak to the generations that came before me. I can only speak to the kind of behavior I've seen around ritual, around grief. Um, you know, I've seen my grandmother grieve moments of joy. And people would say, what was your grandmother doing? And, well, Part of this is, especially when the kids go off and they get married, you know, like the grandchildren go off and they'll get, you know, they'll leave the neighborhood. It's a joyful time for somebody to get married. I've seen my, 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 the elders in my family have both joy and sadness at the same time and go through a ritual of that. But right now, and it's interesting you said anxiety, and this is what I want to talk with you about. I did a show yesterday with Dr. Friedemann Chaub on fear and anxiety, and anxiety was the topic of conversation. And we talked about the heightened level of anxiety. I do not think that we have gotten really even the tip of the anxiety uh, iceberg. Uh, I want to ask you about grief and denial. Um, is denial now a form, a placeholder, so we don't have to feel emotion? I mean, take the state of the economy right now. I mean, the whole thing about the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where are we going with all of that? We don't have a way to express ourselves around things like that. No, I think the larger cultural and, and even beyond that, it, the planetary issues are overwhelming to us emotionally and part of our anxiety is that we're being asked to face it privately one of the worst conditions that we have inherited in modern culture is 
the idea of privatization. Oh. Even in psychology, we have privatized our feelings. Those are my feelings. And we have this feeling uh, that I'm supposed to somehow face mm-hmm. all of this in private. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the uh, kind of the toxic legacy of rugged individualism. Mm-hmm. Is this idea of privatizing our experience. And so we're facing every day, whether it's political, environmental, uh, social, these waves of information and news that really overwhelm and oppress us. Mm-hmm. But because of the need to carry it privately, uh, we have no place to take it but into a state of either numbing. The two, the two great sins I talk about mm-hmm. are amnesia and anesthesia. <laughs> we go into absolute denial. We forget, and then we right. go numb. Right. That's typically how we end up surviving in right. our modern and, society. Yeah. Let's talk about this when we come back from break, because this is really, for me, I'm so glad that we're taking this direction, because I want this conversation to relate to the people that are listening to the show that have said, oh, grieving, but no one died. What right. we're talking about is how our soul dies on a daily oh, right on. basis. Right Bam. On. Right we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our individualization and what happens with that. And then I'm going to share a story of what I did in, in 2004 when I got that diagnosis. Did I share it or did I shun it? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Francis Weller, the author of Entering the Healing Ground. This is one of the most important messages right now for me of our time this is one of the most important absolutely important messages grief ritual and the soul of the world let's take a short break we'll be right back want to know what the best kept secret in access consciousness is it's the access gold club Demanding more change and the latest and greatest, but can't always get to all the classes you desire? Let Gary and Dane come to you. Join the Gold Club, and each month you'll receive a 60-minute live call, a weekly email on the month's theme containing the latest clearings in written form, and an MP3 loop. Twice a month, receive a brand new video with Gary and Dane. How does it get any better than this? In addition to receiving a CD format of the monthly call mailed to you, you'll also enjoy a surprise bonus gift. Be in on the secret. Join today at www.isnowthetime.com slash special dash tips. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. 
Successful people accomplish what they set out to do. They make a promise and work hard to keep their word to themselves and to others. Keeping one's word is the simple idea behind a breathtakingly new way to achieve more. Keeping your word is a practice developed by Vladimir Girosichev, a life coach and business trainer with over 20 years experience. Visit KeepYourWord.com to learn more about the transformative technique and check out the free Keep Your Word app, Keeping Your Word, Changing Your Life Forever. Tune in to the Sandy Brewer Show, getting to the heart of what matters in your life. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and experience the powerful healing voice of Dr. Sandy Brewer, one of Colin Talk Radio's most dynamic, compelling personalities. Get ready for inspiration and contagious humor and her been there, done that, no-nonsense advice to meet today's challenges. Listen and call in at 800-930-2819 for the Sandy Brewer Show. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basili is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, for more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com. For more information about the book and about Francis, go to uh, enteringthehealingground.com. Enteringthehealingground.com. Lots of information. You could get your copy of the book there. Um, Francis is joining me here today. And as I said earlier, this is, this is one of the most important call to actions that I think we have right now. And Francis, thank you so much for, you know, bringing a platform to the forefront and really shining a light on something that's so absolutely important at the individual, the group, the community, and the global level. You know, thank you so much for for doing that. It's my pleasure. I often tell Mm -hmm. people I never volunteered for the position. I got drafted. (laughs) (laughs) Me me too. Me too, exactly. So I want to say one thing, and then I want to turn this over to you. Um, When I got that diagnosis in 2004, I did not... Um, I did not go through the grieving process, but more importantly, I did not tell a whole lot of people about it. You know, as a matter of fact, I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I didn't do that either when I lost that job I mentioned. What I did do is go back to school and spent the next nine years immersed in um, the research about what happens when promises are broken. Um, But... When all is said and done, I carried a lot of that burden, and I call it a burden, from really not having ritual around, you know, things that happen in my life like that. And I wanted to get back to something that you said. Uh, Amnesia, right? And we'll talk about that. Uh, And and so, uh, so let's talk about what we do with the events in our lives that causes grief 
and I'm not having any judgment about this. You, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about the loss of a loved one. So could you talk about this for a minute? And also, what is grief so our listeners know what we're talking about? Grief is the territory we enter whenever the psyche or our soul encounters some rupture in the continuum of participation or belonging. In other words, when those who are intimate with us die or move away, that's a loss. And that's typically the only loss that's acknowledged in the greater society, is when we lose someone or something that we love. But the other tributaries of grief, losing parts of our own being mm. uh, to accommodate and to fit in to family, to society, to school systems, to religious systems, that's also a loss. Mm-hmm. The losses that go on every day around us and uh, uh, to the earth, and whether it's you know driving down the road, watching the, the road kill, or the clear top, you know the mountaintop removal, or the clear cuts, or the uh, the loss of salmon. These are all losses that are also felt in the body. Uh, so there's many different tributaries that, that come in, and they all are experienced as loss. Now, the proper response to loss is to grieve, but we typically don't even know to grieve something because we haven't even registered that it's being experienced as a loss. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does make sense because um, we also have some rules, as I said before. Yes. Uh, we've developed some rules. Um, I've heard this time and time again, you, you know, when... I worked in the corporate world, you know, leave your personal life at the door. Uh And basically what they're saying is do not come in here and express emotion of any kind. This is not the place for it. Right, right. The one archetype Mm -hmm. I used in that term, the one archetype that we follow in this society is the hero. Mm -hmm. And the heroic archetype demands that we muscle our way through everything. We, you know, we, we are supposed to triumph, we're supposed to be victorious, we're supposed to always be rising. We love things rising in this culture, stock markets, uh, GDP, you know, whatever it is, we like it going up. But grief takes us down. It pulls us to our knees. In some cultures, it's called the time of living in the ashes. Mm-hmm. And so that, that territory frightens us. It's, an, it's a territory that we are unfamiliar with and unaccustomed to. Even the great German poet Rilke had a beautiful poem. Yeah. He said, um, it's possible I am pushing through solid rock in flint-like layers as the ore lies alone. I am such a long way in, I see no way through and no space. Everything, everything is close to my face and everything close to my face is stone. He says, uh, I don't have much knowledge yet in grief. So this massive darkness makes me small. You be the master. Make yourself fierce. Break in. Then your great transforming will happen to me, and my great grief cry will happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about, I I like this. I like what you said. Okay. I want to take this to a, a very specific level. I can count on one hand, Francis. I really, honestly, on one hand the times that I ever talk about anything political. I just don't go there. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I want to take a moment. Now, this is probably something that's interesting. 
you know, when they were doing the House vote um, for, for last night, there was an outburst by a stenographer <laughs> during the vote. Now, many people are looking at that and thinking to yourself, that is so bizarre. That is ridiculously bizarre. I say, hallelujah, <laughs> that in the middle of all of that business as usual and the damage that caused, the stenographer had a breakdown, <laughs> carried off the floor. <laughs> Now, you and I would say, what a beautiful ritual moment. Yes. But think about what must have been built up in this person. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Well, I think that's... Is, uh, yeah. What an expression for all of us, right? Well, we're all feeling a certain ebbing away and a certain erosion in the feeling of the integrity of our political process. Mm-hmm. And so there is a sense of frustration and grief. We feel mm-hmm. like we're losing something almost daily, mm-hmm. but we don't, again, know how to respond. And there are spontaneous eruptions. I remember mm-hmm. being in New York City just a few weeks after 9-11 with my son. He had just moved away to go to college in uh, at Sarah Lawrence. And... Uh, and that was his first first time away from home, basically, by himself. And there was 9-11. So I went out to see him, and we went downtown as close as we could get. And everywhere we went were shrines mm-hmm. to the people who died. And there were circles of people gathering everywhere in all the parks. And, and they were, some of them were sitting in silence and praying, and some of them were singing together. Some of them were you know, sharing and talking and weeping together. And the soul had an elemental, instinctual response to that rupture that was caused by this violent act. And what we're facing now is what I call slow trauma. Mm. It isn't such a biblical event as the 9-11 event was, but it is a Uh slow erosion in the foundation of culture and society. Uh And that is registering in our psyches, both as anxiety and as sorrow. Mm-hmm. And again, if we have to carry it privately, we either muscle down and do our daily lives with more intensity, mm-hmm. going back into that amnesia, just forgetting right. about what's going on. And then we turn on our TVs and we go to the movies and we stay or we drink mm-hmm. and we go into am- anesthesia. Mm-hmm. We don't have many mechanisms in the culture for directly encountering what it is that we're facing. And that's where ritual and community are so necessary. Yeah, I, I think that what we're talking about here is uh, is probably some of the most important aspects of the conversation. Is really trying to pinpoint for ourselves, you know, when we're in that state, that slow burn. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the frog story, you mm-hmm. know, that people tell. I mean, it's not you throw a frog in hot water. What's a frog going to do? He's going to jump out. You know, we have we have really not looked at the triggers for grief in the way that you're talking about them. Right. And so, therefore, they get ignored until everything starts to, to pile up and you get a stenographer that lashes out. I don't even know what side of the house she was on. <laughs> but it was clearly a meltdown, yes. you know, or let's just call it could have been a ritual. It depends on how you look at it. Um, sure. I want to take a short break when we come back. I want to talk about... 
what some of the rituals are. You know, what is it like to enter this space of ritual so that we can truly allow the soul to breathe? Mm. Let's take a short break. Francis Weller joining me here today, author of Entering the Healing Ground, Grief, Ritual, and the Soul of the World. When we come back, we're going to talk about ritual, what it is, what you can do in your life on a day-to-day basis so that you can create a way to express oneself. And then we'll talk about the five gates of grief. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back with the show. Questions and Consciousness. People just like you who want to shift and change what isn't working for them, who want to shift and change what isn't working on the planet. Questions. That's about shifting and changing whatever isn't working for you. Consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. Questions and Consciousness. A telecall with like-minded people from all around the world, which gives you the place and space to ask what isn't working for you. For more information, go to questionsinconsciousness.net. That's questionsinconsciousness.net. Are you a health-conscious, spiritual woman who is just tired of struggling with food obsession, emotional eating, and constantly having to struggle with weight and food? You aren't alone. The secret is within us, often in releasing internal resistance and blocks to our own success. To learn how to end the war with food and your body now and find peace, go to eatlikeagoddess.com for your free audio. Break free from food obsession and lose weight without trying. That is eatlikeagoddess.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Did anyone teach you to be a parent? What if there were tools that could make your job a whole lot easier? Glenna Rice invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic teleseries designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out GlennaRice.com to learn more and to book a private session. Or dial 415-235-2807. Tune in each Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com to Inspired Action Radio with Jennifer B. Mastering the art of dream building in the real world. This hit show will inspire you to start painting the canvas of your life and bring your unique spirit and your amazingly intelligent mind together to find an incredible, practical, real-world strategy to building a life with epic results. Tune in to Inspired Action Radio with Jennifer B. Laura Longley is on a mission to remove stuckness from your life for good and replace it with happiness. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Laura Longley Show, where authentic change takes flight. Say yes to that inspired you and goodbye to your stuckness as Laura and her guests deliver powerful ways to work through common problems in this fun and unique hit show. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm so thrilled to have Francis Weller joining me here today. And, and as I said earlier, if you want to get a copy of the book and you want to find out more about what Francis is up to, uh, I want to make sure that everyone um, has the website, EnteringTheHealingGround.com, EnteringTheHealingGround.com. When you get there, you're going to find uh, information about the author, uh, about uh, Francis, information about the book. You can read a bit uh, of, of, of the pages in the book, but most importantly, um, you know, this is for, for each of us to take a look at our lives and uh, how to get some beautiful, beautiful, what I like to call relief, you know, giving the soul a breath of fresh air, at least allowing the soul to breathe for a little bit. Um, Francis, thank you for joining me here today. I did want to talk about the ritual part of this and what the five gates of grief are. Okay. Um, Because you and I were talking during the break about what we've just experienced, you know, from a from a global point of view. And right. and even if you're not completely immersed in watching the telephone vision and news, you have to be in denial uh, about the anxiety that you must feel of coming this far down the road before a resolution. And and we honestly we don't know what to do with that. And that turns into a number of things, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, again, we either try to distract ourselves from the circumstances around mm-hmm. us, or hopefully maybe we're actually mobilized into doing something uh, constructive. I, I talk about grief work as soul activism. Mm-hmm. In other words, that when we refuse to acknowledge grief and sorrow, the heart begins to harden and our ability to respond to the world, to our lives, to our friendships, to our communities, is diminished. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep the heart flexible. We have to keep it fluid so that we are the ones registering the daily assaults on the integrity and vitality of our community. Because if our hearts are numb, we won't respond. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the grief work is really, again, it's, a, it's an act of right. activism. To right. keep the heart fluid, and that's why the ritual is so helpful in helping us to maintain that fluidity and that flexibility in the heart. I want to talk with you about the five gates of grief. I was really struck by these. Um, and I was struck by them in a, in a couple of different ways, because I actually saw one of them that you put on the list, disappointment, that I didn't expect to see there. I was very grateful to see it there. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because in our society, we do not allow disappointment. We are like, you know what? Just suck it up. Right. All right. Don't have any expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you won't have any disappointment. Right. Don't expect people to keep their word and you won't, uh, you won't suffer. Right. That's actually what we're starting to tell ourselves. Well, it's become kind of a new age philosophy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, to somehow won't have any expectations. But we're wired with expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are genetically, psychologically, I think even spiritually wired to anticipate 
a certain measure of welcome and participation and engagement. R.D. Yeah. Lang says we arrive here as Stone Age children. Mm-hmm. In other words, we are carrying this great imprint from our long evolutionary story. And mm-hmm. within that story is the expectation of getting up in the morning and, and having 30 or 40 pairs of eyes looking back at you and saying, what did you dream last night? And come, let's go gather firewood or let's, you know, let's share a meal together. And, and tonight there's going to be a Thanksgiving ritual mm-hmm. to say thank you for this great abundance that we've been given. So we expected this. This is what we anticipated when we arrived here and almost none of us got it. And so there is this chronic fog, this background fog of loss that I call it's the fourth gate of grief, what we expected mm-hmm. and did not receive. And I, I, everywhere I go to teach that part of it, there is this dawning light in people's eyes because part of what's happened with that expectation is that we have come to blame ourselves for it not arriving. Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? Because on, on some level, whether it's intuitive or just instinctive, we know that something larger should have appeared. Yes. You know, like you talked about earlier on this hour, Pat, about when you, the Italian community. (laughs) That was part of what you expected. And then to watch this kind of silence fall over it Mm -hmm. and the absence now that we live in. Mm -hmm. Some part of us is wondering, what did I do wrong that has excluded me from that participation? And I think one of the deepest griefs the soul carries is a diminished sense of participation in life. We, are, we spend most of our life either trying to prove our worthiness or coping with overwhelming circumstance. And we rarely get to the place of actually engaging our life with freedom and, and, and abandon. It's a, this is a very interesting conversation for me because... You know, you said something uh, earlier, and I want to just get back to it. One of the things you said is, you know, uh, and I, I believe this, you know, we live in a society right now where not everybody believes this, but certainly there was this wave that had come through about setting intentions and uh, yet at the same time a new thought philosophy of don't have expectations. And so I want to ask you about this because it really does offer a, a, a pivotal point for grief. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that, that we were born in this world and that living an epic life is our birthright. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I believe that? Well, maybe because I, I grew up, the first half of my life, I grew up as a Catholic where the Bible says, right, uh, neither shall they say, lo here, lo there, or behold, for the kingdom of God is within you. Now, if, if you don't believe anything else in the Bible, but as a kid you hang on to that, oh, God is within me, for real? Then why wouldn't I have expectations of living a life that's as big as that, right? Beautiful. So, now, one of the one of the things that that eats away at that knowing right, yes. is is the is the fact that when we turned around and no one looked back at us, yeah, what took the that that absence doesn't stay neutral, Pat. It, it no. begins to be filled with shame. That's right. And where shame enters in is a place of it's a place of tremendous erosion in our sense of integrity and worth. Mm-hmm. So that even the fantasy of that I'm part of the kingdom of heaven begins to go, I, I, I can't be true. No, it can't be. I can't right. be true. I'm not worthy of that. 
That's right. And every, almost every single person I work with in my practice or at workshops, that is a, one of the huge levers where grief is most mm-hmm. saturated, is in mm-hmm. the territory of worth and shame and belonging, and as I've said. And that's, where I, that's what's so beautiful about restoring the ritual ground is that we cannot do this grief work alone. Grief has mm-hmm. never been private in our entire species history. It's always been a communal process. So when we bring the ritual ground together again at these gatherings, some part of us goes, that's what I've been waiting for. Do I have time for a story? Yes, please. Okay. I was, uh, we were doing a grief ritual up in Northern California uh, a couple of years ago, and there was uh, a woman there who shared um, after the ritual was over, we really didn't have much time to, to share a whole lot during the day because it was a shorter gathering. And she said, you know, 14 years ago, um, my family was, my husband and kids were killed in a car crash. And uh, every day I would go, to, or every week I would go to the cemetery and sit and, and cry and cry and cry. But nothing ever changed. In fact, over the years I became more and more bitter. She said, people would say to me, I had a hard day today. And I would say to them, did your family, did you have to bury your family today? Then you didn't have a hard day. She said, they didn't deserve that. Mm. She said, I didn't deserve that. She said, but today, something changed. And I said, yes. When was the last time someone said, I saw what you did down there? I uh, thank you for doing the work of grieving. She said, never. No one ever thanked me for my grief before. I said, that's the signature that we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for a reflection to come back to our eyes, to our ears, to our heart that says, thank you for doing that. You set that down for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've That's helped, beautiful. You've helped heal the space for all of us. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for that response. Mm-hmm. Instead of almost, now we actually end up feeling embarrassed and we apologize for our grief. No, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Right. You know, even at funerals, like you said earlier, you know, we, right. we have, we have uh, made our funerals threadbare so that we even apologize for breaking down. You know, and, but that's exactly what we need, and that's exactly what ritual offers us, is some room and some space through which we can actually begin to let go. Because there's mm-hmm. two things required for the release of grief. One of them is containment, and one of them is release. But if I'm doing it privately, I'm caught between this, this polarity and guess which one wins out? Containment. Mm-hmm. So I become a constant containment vessel for my grief. And I can never fully release it. And so we, people, you know, we, we end up recycling our sorrow. If you ever notice that, we, we, we go around these bends and come back, oh, there's that, there's that old sorrow again, there's that old grief, yep. because we've never been able to really yep. let it go. Yeah. And that's what we're waiting for, is, is the context and the right resonating field where I can actually be the one letting it go because the containment's been provided for me. I love that. That is beautiful. We're going to take a short break. One of the things, Francis, that I discovered as I shared with you that research that I did, I had over 1,200 pages of interview notes. Um, people that had talked about job loss that happened 10 years earlier uh, at the time that I lost mine. And it became sort of a, pl- a ritual for folks. These mm-hmm. were supposed to be 20-minute interviews. The average length of the interview that I did was two hours yeah. because folks had never 
had a forum That's to right. simply talk about it without judgment. Yeah. And we, we have lost that ritual today. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're waiting for. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about some things that you might be able to do in your lives today uh, to help with your personal soul restoration. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Radio. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Are you looking for positive answers to tough questions in your personal and professional life? On Purpose Radio with Karen Florence is a riveting show that will help you reveal your own truth and begin to live the life you've always wanted. Karen's dynamic approach to coaching people in all areas of their lives has made her one of the most sought-after coaches today. Tune in each Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit OnPurposeRadio.com. Have you ever considered what money and sex have in common? Brenda St. Louis, founder of Know That You Know, explores the energies of debt, money, sex, and our bodies. In her four-week intensive, Debt Into Delight, Getting Intimate With Your Digits, she tickles all those places we don't want to look at, infusing everything with exuberance. Would you be willing to have more money? Would you be willing to have more of you? Explore more of Brenda St. Louis at knowthatyouknow.com. Tune in to Peace World Radio, vibrant conversations to change the world with Christina Jans. Each second Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com and KKNW. This hit show is energetic, vibrant, and an engaging forum that's getting people talking. Christina brings you extraordinary and courageous people, bold in thought, and action who dare to dream that things can be different. Peace World Radio. Join the talk. The world is having. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. For those of you, that would like to find out more about my very special guest today, um, one of the things you could do, we've made this pretty easy uh, for you. You could certainly go to the website, enteringthehealingground.com. If you've missed any part of the show, uh, this will be replaying later on tonight at 8 o'clock, and then, of course, it'll be in our archive. So, you know, go ahead and, um, and, 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 you know, take a listen, download it. This will be on iTunes as well. 
Francis, thank you again for joining me here today. I did want to spend the moment and um, ask you to share, you know, some uh, simple rituals that people can do uh, on a day-to-day basis. <clears throat> you know, you don't have to be diagnosed with a life-threatening disease, but we go through disappointments. We go through what you call the five gates um, time and time again. We go over, you know, we have things about losing a loved one, for example. Um, you know, we hear a song and we're triggered into grief and sorrow. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the 1990s and I made a comment that I love the music of the 80s, but I wasn't sure about the 90s. And then we find the Sinead O'Connor song, you know, nothing compares to you. And then we play it. And then all of a sudden, the three of us sitting here are like in a state of shock and grief by Mm. listening to a Mm. song. So what can we do? I'd love for you to share something here for folks. Well, I think the most important thing is to break our isolation around it. Mm. Um, as you just said, the three of us. Yes. <laughs> you know, there is something about that uh, ability to be listened to and granted permission to tell the whole story. This is what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I frequently have patients in my office here say, well, I, I cried a lot all weekend. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, well, did you happen to share that with anybody? Oh, no, I didn't want to be a burden. Mm. And then I'll ask them, well, what would have happened if a friend had called you in that same distressed place? He said, well, I would have been honored that they trusted me to call, them, call upon me to sit with them. And they can't see the disconnect, that maybe your friend would also be honored mm-hmm. to have that, you know, that privilege of listening to hear the sorrows in your heart. So the most important thing is that we break our isolation I often recommend people, you know, the ritual doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be very simple, which is uh, call two or three friends over on a Friday night mm-hmm. and say, and, t- and the subject tonight is loss. Mm-hmm. The subject tonight are the griefs that we've carried for our lifetime. And believe me, we have, we have stockpiled decades mm-hmm. of grief yeah, in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And just to be given permission without and then and to make sure that no one see the thing is that we we, we want to try to fix this but grief is not a broken state grief is a soul state that takes us into this underworld territory we talked about in the break once about Mm -hmm. entering the darkness yes and that dark territory is as sacred as anything the holiness also dwells in the darkness and what we need isn't someone to tell us how to get out of it or how to fix it, but how to befriend it. How to become familiar with that walk that takes us into that underground territory. So if we can get over our obsession with uh, fixing and repairing and simply allow and give permission to speak the truth that's in the heart, that goes a hell of a long way yeah. to beginning the process of relieving the weight I mean, most of the, you know, our, our number one cause of death in this culture is congestive heart failure. Yes. Our hearts are congested, but not just with, you know, plaque and things like that. It, they're congested with sorrow. And we need to be able to leave here light. There's an old African phrase that says, you know, when death finds you, make sure it finds you alive. Mm. In other words, we are, when we don't metabolize our grief, 
it begins to diminish the way in which we are meeting our life. We get more and more contracted and compacted and oppressed by the weight of grief. And if, if I'm going to meet death fully alive, then I better process these sorrows now so that I'm not left embittered when I'm about to leave here. So I think that's the most important thing is, is, to, is to break the isolation. And then if you want to get more bold with it, you can begin to look around for activities like Day of the Dead rituals or create your own community ritual. Um, we do them all over the place. There's a hunger for ritual that addresses loss and sorrow. Uh, funerals, again, are, are, are the only one that we publicly do nowadays, but we need more mm-hmm. fluency, and uh, it's like my friend Maladoma would call, we need to become ritually literate. Yes. How to understand the circumstance and, and what kind of response does the circumstance necessitate. I remember a, a, a death that occurred down in Southern California. There was a murder of a young boy, and my friend called me, what, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, as a community, I would uh, gather at the spot where the murder occurred with several large pitchers of water and pour the water on the site where the death occurred and as a community speak to how this is impacting us, how this is hitting us, how this is tearing at us. And that becomes a very simple ritual, but it acknowledges and, and does something to begin to mend the rip in the community. Mm. Well, I thank you, Francis, so much for joining me here today. Um, very, very powerful conversation. The book is powerful and really quite an invitation for us to truly heal. Uh, I wanted to ask you one last question. What is your personal message? What would you like to leave us with here today? I would like people to learn that grief is a very trustworthy ally. Mm. That we tend to think of grief as a, as a dead zone, as a place that we should avoid with all our might. But I can tell you from my own life and from the hundreds and hundreds of people who've come through our programs, grief is a territory of tremendous vitality. And it is a, it is a part that deepens us and opens us up to our profound connection to all things and all beings. Mm-hmm. Grief is the means by which compassion is embedded in the soul. And it is the other hand of the great prayer of life, which is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Grief in one hand and gratitude in the other. And when we can really extend those arms outward, we embrace all of our life and all of life. That would be my message. Oh, thank you so much, Francis. Thank you for joining me here today. Very powerful show. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in, turning us on. If you want to find out more about The Dr. Pat Show, go to the thedrpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. Or if you want to find out more about Francis, you can go to enteringthehealingground.com. You know, remember that this truly is, living an epic life is truly your birthright. And going through um, some of the things we've talked about today, grief, ritual, Uh, And the soul of the world is the way to bring you to a place of wholeness. We'll see you next time on the show. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. 
The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. just one kind of radio show some radio shows are all about busting through and getting unstuck from the crust in your life but the dr pat show well she does it all she's been helping people in all aspects of their life now for 10 years her interview style her unique personality the amazing guests she has on her show are all factors of what makes an amazing radio show please join dr pat in celebrating 10 extraordinary years of talk radio hi i'm dr pat thank you for supporting us for the past 10 years We are promising each and every one of you that this coming year, our 10th year anniversary, will be the best yet. We will be paying forward so many ideas, so many tools, so many gifts to all of you because you have inspired us to be better and better and better each year. For more information, please make sure you stay tuned to TransformationTalkRadio.com or TheDrPatShow.com. And remember, join me. Let's live life full out together. Guess what? The Lyme Center of Martha's Vineyard is giving away a free scholarship. That's right. The detox will be running from Monday, November 11th through Friday, November 15th. Candidates for a free scholarship, please send your Lyme story by email before October 28th to Dr. Enid Haller, director of the Lyme Center of Martha's Vineyard. Find her at limecentermv.com. That's lime, L-Y-M-E, centermv.com, or call 508-693-1846 for more information. Get your shift together with Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden Saturday, November 16th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Seattle Center for Spiritual Living for this collaboration between two of the most inspiring teachers highlighting their unique paths as they explore the latest scientific studies and how this information can empower you during this critical period of our history. Making a difference in the world starts with you. To register, go to joedispenza.com slash events. That's joedispenza.com slash events. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com. I'm Michelle Bond, founder of The Bond Method. The Michelle Bond Method. Bonding you and your wholeness together, mind, body, and spirit. The Bond Method is a customized program that enables you to have optimal health and wholeness, experience the law of attraction like never before, and manifest abundance. It teaches you how to integrate your mind, body, and spirit through complementary and alternative healing modalities. For more information, you can go to my website, themichellebondshow.com. 
Come alive and shine with the Alive and Shine radio show with Adil and Savitri. Widen your perspective, learn to heal yourself, and clarify your power of choice so that you feel truly alive and shine. The Alive and Shine radio show is your how-to guide for creating a life in which your dreams come true. Listen live each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW or at aliveandshineshow.com.